You're listening to another life-giving message from Living Faith Church San Diego. We are a church for sinners by sinners, and we are on a mission to help you discover your purpose, live in power, and live out your God-given potential. For more information about Living Faith Church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Again, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Now open up your hearts and minds for this transforming message from Living Faith Church. Hey friends, how's it going? I hope you're doing well. Well, today is a little bit different. I'm preaching to you in this beautiful garden here. And, um, but you know what? Whatever, wherever I'm at, as long as the word is preached from the word of God, that's all that matters. Amen. So today we're talking about changing God's mind. Now, changing God's mind sounds a little sacrilegious. Sounds a little like, ooh, where's that? What? What? Changing God's mind? Isn't God all sovereign? Isn't God all knowing? Isn't God like God and we're not? How does he change his mind? And so what's fascinating is that. Too many times to go through life circumstances. I'm going through life circumstances right now where I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be here. Jesus himself asked the question, please take this cup away from me. <laughs> and it's interesting because we all wish that we can change God's mind somehow, some way. And saying like, please change my circumstance. And really, that's what prayer is. is prayer is, is petitioning God. You see, so many times people think, well, this is happening in life. I guess it's God's will. Well, I guess I have this sickness. I have this situation. I have this heartbreak. I have, maybe this is just God's will. And people just accept whatever happens in their life as it is as it is. But in actuality, it's fascinating, which we'll go through in a minute here. But God is ready to, to change our, his mind. And it's, it's according to his will, of course. Because we can't go anything against his will. He is God. He is ultimately God. But in this perspective of prayer, we're talking about prayer, right? In perspective of prayer, how can we go to God and change his mind? And when we go through circumstances, going through situations, God, I need this to change. And in spite that not everything happens for a purpose, for a will, I need you to change your mind. And so in the two ways, the two secrets, I guess we would say, how to change God's mind is first off, we partner with God. You see, it's not about us hocus pocus of like, well, God, this is what I want. Boom, let it happen. Twinkle your nose and then magic happens. No. Or, you know, whatever. Like you say, you say a certain prayer 10 times and it happens. We're not, we don't believe in witchcraft. We don't believe in that hocus pocus stuff. But it's partnering with God Almighty. When we partner with God Almighty, miracles happen. Partner with God? What do you mean partner with God? I thought he is God. I thought he just does everything. Uh, every time God wants to do a miracle in someone else's life, he uses other people. So here's what I'm talking about. Mark 6, 35, 44. It's a long verse. Get ready. When it was already quite late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate and already this is desolate and already quite late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding countrysides and villages and buy themselves something to eat. This is when Jesus was preaching to so many people, the crowd. The disciples saying, hey, send them away. It's already too late. 37. But he answered them. Jesus answered them and said, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, well, what shall we go and spend 200 denarii on bread and give them something to eat? He said to them, how many loaves do you have? This is Jesus. So so let me pause right here real quick. 
the disciples told Jesus, Jesus, it's already getting late. Send the crowds home. They go go eat themselves. It's already late. It's already desolate. It's, it's, we're in a bad area. Let them go home. Then Jesus replies, what's his reply? You give them something to eat. Isn't that fascinating? You're like, God, I need, there, there's a situation here that needs to be addressed. And God is saying, you fix it. You make it happen. That is like baffling. Wait, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Jesus, it's getting late. Send them away. Not even asking for a miracle. They're not even asking for a miracle. They're bringing him something that's very tangible, something logical. It's getting late. We don't have food. Send them off, Jesus. And Jesus like, no, you feed them. So that shows me that we must partner with God. And we all know the story here. Shall we go and spend 200 denarii and, on bread and give them something to eat? And Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go look. Okay, that's, I'm going to pause right there. Go look. He says right there, there's a command. Go look. My friends, you go do something. You go feed them. You go look. What do you have? What do you have? And when they found out, they said, five loaves and two fish. And he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the grass. They sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. He took the five loaves and two fish, looking up towards heaven. He blessed the food and broke it. He broke it up. And the five loaves and two fish, and he looked at the heavens. Uh, he blessed the food and broke the loaves. And he kept on giving them to the disciples set before him. He divided up the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. They picked up the 12 basketfuls of broken pieces, also fished. There were 5,000 men who ate the loaves. My friends, that right there shows us that it's not just about Jesus doing the miracle. There's a miracle for sure, a humongous miracle. But the miracle didn't happen until first the disciples brought forth, here's what we do have. So just because you have a limitation in your life doesn't mean that God can't do a miracle. Just because you say, well, I don't have the means, I don't have the resources. The disciples are like, these guys are hungry. What? Tell them to go home. Jesus like, you give them something. They're like, we don't have anything. We don't have anything. Well, Jesus like, well, go look. What do you have? So the first question I have for you is in your, in your situation of looking for a miracle, looking for a breakthrough, looking for uh, 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 an answer to your prayer, my question is, what do you have in your hand now? What do you have? What's in your possession now that God can say, as long as you give it to me, I'll make a miracle out of it. Mm. But you see, it's not just the aspect of like, I'll make a miracle, period. He first needs you to give it up to him. That's the comment that's important for us, not just to say, okay, yeah, sure, you know, God. But it's about you coming before him and say, Lord, I believe in you. I accept you. I want your salvation. And then he does a miracle in your life and gives you eternal life. My friends, the feeding of the 5,000, and I don't care how people say, oh, maybe the, the fishes were like whales. Uh, excuse me, but they're, 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 they're traveling and they carried with them whales. I think it was actually fishes, like actual like, even if it was a salmon, a big salmon. But you know, the two big salmons won't feed 5,000 people and eating as much as they wanted, the Bible says. As much as they wanted. And I don't care how what kind of Middle East or what kind of uh, 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 tradition, no one has that much bread for 5,000 people. I, honestly, I think Costco doesn't even have that much bread for 5,000 men. By the way, that's just men calculated, not, not women included. 
So 5,000 is a lot of bread. So people say, oh, well, maybe they already had all the big enough fish and the big enough breads. Nope. Two loaves, uh, five loaves and two fish. A fish sandwich, tuna salad, a tuna, 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 tuna bread. My friends, the moral of the story is this. For us to change God's mind, for us to change God's mind, we must partner with God. And it's not a matter of him just doing it, because he will, he can, but he's looking for someone to partner with him in the ministry. Partner with him to see your breakthrough happen. You know, it's interesting is that Moses, God gave a command to Moses. Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell them, let my people go. And Moses had a stuttering problem. Moses had, he was not any kind of official in politics. He was a, he was honestly, he was, a, he was an orphan. He was adopted. And it was like, he is nobody. He has no identity. Said, said, uh, 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 God, I, 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 who? And God says to Moses here in Exodus 4, 2, Then the Lord said to him, What is in your hand? Moses replied, A staff. And you know the story. Moses puts the staff on the floor, and boom, it turns to a snake. And then God shows him, All you need is that, that, that sign. That whatever's in your hands, all you need to set the people free. That's a huge call. To go to the, to the big, big guy. To say, I command you to let my thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, let them go. And he says, well, I, 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 I can't speak, God. What's in your hand? Just because you have a limitation doesn't mean God cannot use you. Just because you have a little bit of something, all we have is five of those and two fish. All I have is a staff. You know, maybe all I have is 20 bucks extra in my bank. Maybe all I have is 20 bucks, period, in my bank. Maybe all I have is, you know, a little bit of energy at the end of the week to help out with this and that. Whatever little that you have, understand, it's not a matter of you, but it's a matter of you giving whatever little you do have and letting him do the rest. Exodus 17 uh, chapter 17, verse 9 and 13. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men to go fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God, the staff, the, remember, the rod, the staff in my hand. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Ur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses' hand held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But the moment his hands got tired and lowered, the Amalekites were winning, the enemies were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took some stone and put it under his hand, so they sat on it. Aaron or held up his hand, one on each side, one on the other on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites' army with the sword. My friends, here's the story. Moses, being the leader, says, All right, guys, y'all go ahead and assemble your armies. Go and fight the war. I'm going to stand here on the hillside, on the top of the hill, watching the war happen. As you guys are fighting, I'm going to hold up my staff. As long as I'm holding my staff, they're winning. But the moment they got tired and weak, the hands are going lower, they start losing. So then what happens is, Aaron and Ur come over and put some rocks and uh, stones to, to, to give him a little armrest, and they held his hand high. They did it with him. So you see, it's a matter of the war was won as long as the arm was raised, but the arm was not raised by himself. Well, first off, 
They couldn't win without someone first interceding and partnering with God. Now, wait, time out, time out, time out. Can't just God say, bam, all your enemies are gone. Bam, you guys automatically win. Bam, I'm going to make sure you guys are stronger than the others. No, but why doesn't God just do that? Why can't God Almighty, the big God of the universe, just say, all right, your armies are stronger than them. I'm going to make them weaker. I'm going to give you guys extra good milk for your bones. Why can't God just do that? Why does God be so dramatic and be like staff in the air? Oh, I'm getting you weak. They're losing. I'll put it back up. Why does God do that? And they had a mastermind say, okay, you stand on that side. I'll stand on this side. We'll hold his hand up. Why does God do it? Because he's looking for people to partner with him in the miracle. God doesn't need all that, but he does need you to partner with him. You know, the original, the original intent of creation of Adam and Eve was God to be in fellowship was family. And so when I think about this, I was with my family the other night, actually last night, and when I think about it, family is all about partnership. Family is all about being together and saying, look, I got your back, you got my back. And that is the whole purpose of church. The whole purpose of community is family. And saying, I am here for you, you're here for me. When I'm weak, you're going to lift me up. When you're weak, I'm going to lift you up. And God is not any different. He's saying, look, I, I'll do the miracle. I'll do the work. Trust me, but I need you to do your part. God, I need this breakthrough. God's saying, well, what do you have in your hand? God, I need this miracle. Well, you saw the miracle. But all I have is this. Give it to me. Moses, you have a studying problem. You have a confidence issue. Well, what do you do? You have two feet. I'll work with that. You have I. I'll work with I, all you. All you have. What? What do you have? All I have is blank. Fill in the blank, mm -hmm. and God will partner with that to make a breakthrough happen in your life. But here's the crazy part: God's a gentleman. The reason why we study the Bible is not because of religiosity, but to understand His characteristics and saying how does God operate, so that way we know how to operate in our lives today. And how he operates in those, those stories I just told you in the Bible is we partner with him. And you can't just do it. We can't just expect him to do it, which he can. He's well capable of. But understand his, 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 his methodology, his methodology of making a breakthrough happen is in partnership with the people. Here's the next part. The next part in changing God's mind is to keep on asking. People think, oh, I asked once. It never happened. So I guess I'm done. It's not going to happen. No, keep on asking. First off, the idea of asking. So many people have a hard time asking. Doesn't God all knowing know what I need before I even ask in prayer? That's true. The Bible does say that. He knows what you need before you even ask. But you know, I love this story here, Mark 10, 51, to Barnabas, blind Barnabas, the blind guy, who's over here begging for a miracle, and they, they first bypass him. Later on, God's like, hey, Jesus is like, hey, hey, bring him over here. And they, they called Barnabas, hey Barnabas, come on over here. They want, the master wants you. And here's what Jesus says in Mark 10, 51. Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? Excuse me? He asked the blind man, the blind man, what do you want for me to do for you? Uh, <laughs> I want to run faster. <laughs> no! He wants to see. He wants his vision. 
And so it baffles me. But I don't pray, I don't pray about it because it's kind of obvious what I need. No, just because it's obvious what you need. Why does God want you to ask? Because he wants to know if you desire it and you will bring it to him. He gives you whatever the desires of your heart. You'll speak to the mountain and it shall be moved. That's just going to move automatically. Because, oh, wait, wait, the mountain's in the way. Okay, well, let's move it. No. No, because otherwise that's him being a genie in a bottle. That's a genie in a bottle you're asking for. You're saying God is. But if you come and ask him, say, God, will you move this mountain? God, move this mountain in Jesus' name. God, have my eyes to see. Just because you have an issue and it is obvious to everyone else and obviously to God doesn't mean it's going to happen automatically. He wants to know, do you want it? To blind Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Did you know it takes faith to say, it's obvious what I need, and I know you're able, so do this for me. The next verse I want to point out here is a famous verse that talks about how to pray. Luke 11, 1-9 says, One day Jesus was praying at a certain place. When he finished, one of, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, we all know this prayer. When you pray, say, well, first off, let me pause there. When you pray, say, prayer is spoken, not thought. When you close your eyes and you sit in your room, you're like this. People think that's praying. That's not praying. That's, that's meditation, which is important. We must meditate on the word of God. But prayer must be spoken. Yeah. Spoken. When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy, your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. People just stop right there when they're reading the Bible verse of Jesus teaching them to pray. They forget to add verse 5 and on. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine is on a journey, has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. Verse 7, and suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Verse 8, I tell you, Jesus is saying, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. I love our abundant God. Mm -hmm. See, it's not just a matter of, I'll give you some bread. I'll give you enough, just enough. I'll give you enough for your friend. The Bible is very clear. As much as you need. Remember the verse we read before about the, the five loaves and two fish? They ate as much as they wanted. My friends, that's a, that's a revelation right there coming to me like, oh my gosh, God is an abundant God. How dare us limit him? But the main point I'm trying to make here is this. It's not because of friendship but because of the shameless audacity. Here this guy is knocking, saying, hey friend, give me some bread, I need bread. But the friend inside says, I, it's already late, I'm already in bed, it's too late, the door's closed, my kids are in bed, leave me alone. But Jesus says, he won't give him bread because of friendship. 
You're a child of God. I'm a Christian. I, I am a member of XYZ Church. I, I tithe and I believe and I've been faithful in the worship team and I've been volunteering. And I'm, just because you're a friendship doesn't mean he'll give it to you. He gives it to you because of shameless audacity. My friends, what prayers are you stopping because you're not shameless in your prayer? Shameless, we think about that word shameless, it means not giving a rip. There's other words for that, but not caring how you look, how you sound, and just saying, give it to me. Imagine a child, give it to me, 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 give it to me. And it's annoying. That is what God actually wants. My friends, that's what he wants. It's in the Bible. I'm not trying to make this up here. Listen to this. I had a, I, I was a youth pastor. My wife and I were youth pastors. And we brought these kids with us to Denny's. And we're, here we are sitting down. And this, this child, this, this child, this student said, Pastor Steve, I don't get what you mean about keep on asking. I, does, does God, isn't that like annoying to God? And should I already make my request? I already prayed. But that should be it, right? That's done. Because he already knows about it. I was like, oh, okay. So I took his plate that he paid for. Slide it over to me. And he was sitting I sat and talked to the person next to me. And we're just chopping it. We're talking about, like, hey, can I get my food back? In a second. So I'm talking about this person, about their grades, about school. Can I get my plate? But no, one second. I kept talking. And maybe about five minutes passed by, and this person's annoyed. He's like, can I please get my food? You already asked me once. Stop asking. And I kept talking to the other person. And he was like, can I please get my food back? And I was like, you see, you asked me once, but you just kept asking why. Because that's my food. My friends, it takes so much faith and confidence to know this is my healing. Mm. This is my provision. This is my restoration that I demand and I know it's mine. Mm. My friends, for you to know that something belongs to you that you cannot see, you know the, de the definition of that is? Faith. Faith. Faith is knowing that what you have is yours before you even see it. God, I demand my healing right now in Jesus' name. God, I demand my restoration right now in Jesus' name. God, I demand some revelation and dreams. I demand your voice. If you don't get it yet, give it to me. Don't get it. Give it to me. Don't get, give it to me. Give it to me. Why? Because I know it's mine. It's already mine. I know it's mine. And my friends, that's what Jesus is teaching his disciples. To have so much faith, tenacity, shameless audacity that's a big word i went to college shameless audacity to keep on asking where are you stopping your asking why but isn't it religiosity to keep asking the same thing over and over no jesus is telling us right here and it ends in the verse verse 9 i say to you ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find Knock, and the door will be open. Here's the fascinating part. Okay, verse 9. Let me read it again. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Verse 10. For everyone who asks, receives. Anyone who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Isn't it fascinating? He's like, double whammy there. Knock, and the door will ask and knock and seek and then there he goes like because when you ask when you ask it will be given he's repeating himself jesus himself is repeating himself why aren't we repeating ourselves are we holier than jesus 
verse 9 and 10, we could have ended at verse 9. So I say to you, whatever, what ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. That's enough. That's enough for him to say it. But he says, verse 10, For every everyone who asks receives, anyone who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Jesus repeated himself again. Why are you not repeating your prayers, believing that this belongs to you? God may not be changing his mind, because I knew I was going to give that plate back to that, that student. But I was waiting to see how often, how, how patient will they be in waiting? How much do they really want this? My friends, we must not stop asking. We must keep on knocking, not because of our stance the child of God, but because of our shameless audacity. And just because it's obvious that we need a miracle in our life, we're hurting, we're confused, we're broken. It's very obvious, but just as the blind man, he's saying to blind Bartimaeus, what is it you want me to do for you? Let your request be made known. And my friends, no matter what you have in your hands, it's enough. You have enough to bring to God. Bring him the little and watch him do the rest. But you got to bring it. Don't just watch him. Well, God, do a miracle. Well, what are you doing? What are you doing on your part? My friends, that is changing God's mind as long as we apply these principles. Here's a prayer. Father God, I thank you. I pray right now, Father, for everyone listening to the sound of my voice, that we would begin this new journey of changing your mind. Changing your mind through bringing you the little that we do have. By making our requests known and not just saying, well, you should know, I'm, I'm suffering. But Lord, knowing that I want to make my requests known anyways. And Father, giving you the little that we have that's in our hand to make a miracle happen, and that we would not stop asking, that we would not stop knocking, and not stop seeking, until we get the words, okay, because of your shameless audacity, here is your breakthrough, here is your miracle. God, make us bolder in prayer, bolder in, in, in our confidence and faith in you. And we thank you in advance, we bless your name, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this life-giving message from Living Faith Church. For more information about our church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and we will see you next time on the Living Faith Church Podcast.